This is Basketball U. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago on FM 100.3 HD2. The ESPN Chicago app and ESPN 1000. Here on ESPN 1000, 100.3 HD2, also on the ESPN Chicago app. Don't forget, you can watch the show on Twitch as well, twitch.tv slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. Tyler Rocky and Shay Norling, college hoops with you every Sunday throughout the NCAA tournament, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. right here on ESPN 1000. So we're going to have a bracket, about five, five and a half hours once everything is all shook out in the five remaining conference tournaments. The Big Ten tournament, of course, will be the finale of it all. Uh, Jim Nance, his final Big Ten tournament. He was honored yesterday with a commemorative basketball as well. But we've got more Jim Nance observations that we want to get to as well um, over the course of this show. Now, the one seeds. I think there is a five-team race right now for four spots. And I think last night probably sorted everything out, assuming... Purdue goes out and wins the Big Ten tournament today, yeah. which they're a seven and a half, eight point favorite. So you'd imagine they're going to go out and take care of business today at the United Center and close out and lock up that last one seed. So right now, as it's according to Bracket Matrix, your number one seeds, Alabama, and this is in no particular order, by the way, Alabama, Kansas, Houston, and Purdue. You and I were having the conversation who is going to be the number one overall seed? Now, we've got two teams that are playing to win, or rather three teams that are playing to win their conference tournament today. Purdue, Alabama, and Houston, all with a chance to win their conference tournaments, all of which are favored as well mm-hmm. to win their conference tournaments today. But as you look at it right now, Shay, who in your eyes deserves to be the number one overall seed for this upcoming March Madness? I see arguments for all of them. I think Kansas is probably the best team, especially if they have Bill Self coaching in the tournament. Mm-hmm. I think Alabama obviously might be the most talented team in this tournament with uh, Brandon Miller, but the questions surrounding the connection to a murder aspect uh, kind of cast a shadow over them. They've played better of late. And then Houston, I think, has the biggest argument, right? They were the only team this season, seemingly, that was able to avoid the curse of getting into the top five. Every other team, it felt like getting into the top five was a curse. You're going to lose, and you're going to see your way out. Houston, wire to wire. We're going to stay there in the top five in the AP poll. We're going to be a number one seed in the tournament. I feel like Houston maybe has the best argument, but again, Kansas, to me, is the best team. Kansas has the best resume, in my opinion, right now. And the odd part is we're penalizing – well, okay, we're not really penalizing Kansas because they did lose um, their last game of the regular season, um, and they did get crushed two of their last four games of the season to the same team, Texas, who I think did a number for, for their themselves in terms of boosting some of their seeding. But you look at what uh, what's happening with, with Kansas and what's happening with Alabama, some of your biggest grievances right now with those two teams are – it's clouds hanging over them that don't have anything to do with basketball per se. Kansas may not be with Bill Self because of medical reasons. We don't know who's going to be the head coach of Kansas. It looks like it'll be Bill Self, 
but we don't know for certain yet. And then on top of that, Alabama, well, there's a murder link within your program right now. But when you look at what Alabama has done, even since that news came out, sure, they've played in some closer games, but they've only lost one game in that stretch. And they've still played fantastic basketball. They've blown a ton of teams out, including in this SEC tournament as well. They beat um, Mississippi State by 23. They beat Mizzou by 11. They've got a game against Texas A&M. And, oh, by the way, they're healthy as well going into this one, too. So if Alabama takes care of business today and if they beat Texas A&M in the fashion that they have beaten a lot of SEC teams this year, I do think Alabama has the best case in terms of strength of schedule, and I know I say I, I throw some of the he, the uh, pre-January 1st games out the window when it comes to evaluating teams, but Alabama has a head-to-head victory against Houston in Houston's building. Yep. And while I do throw out most of them in terms of dictating success in March Madness, I think from a tournament committee perspective, you have to take that game into consideration because it is a head-to-head matchup. Yeah, and like you mentioned, they have the ninth strongest schedule in the country right now. That's a team that has been pretty dominant. Like a lot of these SEC games, you look at a few uh, few weeks ago, they beat Georgia 108 to 59. Mm-hmm. Like this is a team that when Brandon Miller's on, they're just going to score in bunches. And they've kind of started playing that way in the SEC tournament, beating Mississippi State by almost 30, beating Missouri 72-61 in a game that never really felt close yesterday. Mm-hmm. And now with the opportunity to go up against a Texas A&M team and avenge a loss in the regular season finale, if they can go out and dominate Texas A&M, then they should be the number one overall seed. They've yeah. played probably the best or put together one of the best resumes aside from Kansas. Yeah. You mentioned the off-court issues with Kansas and Alabama. What about the on-court issues with Houston? Still no word right now right. on if Marcus Sasser is going to play in the uh, American title game. Right, and that to me is one of the biggest questions that we've got going right now. And you look at the, the injury. When you look at the, the injury itself, all right, it didn't look great. Like, when you saw him go down, and this actually happened to him a couple times this year, I feel like, he goes down. And- Both times you and I have watched him, he's gone down. Yes. Do you realize that? Yes. Both times you and I have watched him together. There was the game, I can't even remember who they were playing. We were at a bar watching Houston, and Marcus Sasser went down, and you pointed immediately, this is a disaster. East Carolina, then, it was yes. that game, yes. Then yesterday on the iPad at the Big Ten Tournament, we're watching Houston, and Marcus Sasser goes down, non-contact injury. Yes, and we're both. both of these injuries have looked grueling, and you thought, oh no. Is he done? Is he going to be done for the tournament? And what do you know? Lo and behold, he he comes back and and is and is good to go. I am seeing this on Twitter. This is two minutes ago. Um, this is from James Mueller, who is a sports editor for the Daily Cougar down in Houston. Um, does some work there. He says, source guard Marcus Sasser went through Sunday's shoot around at full speed and is expected to play in the AAC championship game. John Rothstein reported last night that he is a game time decision with that groin injury. So we'll see if Marcus Sasser suits up, but if he doesn't play, this is this is vital for their tournament hopes and aspirations. Well, the thing, too, is like if you're Houston, don't you just consider resting him today? You're probably a one seed in the tournament, win or lose, against Memphis in this uh, conference tournament game. And you're a one seed. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. you don't really need to play Marcus Sasser and go out and win this game. You can rest him, let let whatever happens happen, and you're probably a one seed regardless. Like, if I'm Houston, I'm not going to push Marcus Sasser to play a day after a groin injury. I'm going to probably rest up and get ready for the big tournament. I would agree. And I listen, we've had the conversation about, oh, who should be the number one overall seed? Ultimately, I don't think it all matters all that much. No. Right? Like it, 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 one seed is a one seed. You, mm-hmm. All the one seeds play the 16. Being the number one overall, I, I'd have to go back and look, but I think it, like being a one seed is the most important thing. That's the most of the time a one seed of any variety is going to win the NCAA tournament. Being the number one overall seed is just like bragging rights. It doesn't mean anything. And you kind of look at the, the different... Uh, regions as well, where you're going to have your second weekend games, Kansas City, Louisville, Vegas, and New York. I mean, none of those scream Houston. The final four is in Houston. I think that's the big benefit yeah. for Houston, right? They'll play home games if they make the final four. Yes. Well, sort Cor- of home corporate games. home games, yeah. right? That's what you're getting at the the final four. They'll have Jim Nance, Houston grad, on the call in Houston mm-hmm. for a Houston final four. And this is what I've been saying from the start. We're going to get the Holy Trinity, Houston. In Houston with Jim Nance, his last his last college basketball game ever. Wouldn't it be poetic if they are cutting down the nets and he gives his weepy tie? And you know he's climbing the ladder to cut down a, a <laughs> rung. Like he will lose all shreds of, of journalistic integrity, but I don't care. I think Jim Nance needs to climb the ladder if Houston. Uh, goes up and, and wins the, the NCAA title. They should have him climb the ladder and then have Kelvin Sampson cut his tie. <laughs> that, that would be the greatest. Yes. Um, do you want to lay out the other team that is, is in the one seed conversation, but probably not going to based on events of last night, UCLA? Um, the problem with them is health right now. This is not where you want to be going into the tournament and being unhealthy. Arguably and, the best defensive team in America I, lost the best wing defender in America. Yes. Jalen Clark, Achilles injury from the game against Arizona last week. He is not going to be with the team for the rest of the season. A, a huge blow. And we kind of saw it last night. When you go up against a dominant big man like Arizona, ha- Arizona has two of them in Tabellus and Ballo. When you go up against those two guys, it's tough. It's tough to recuperate when you've got young, inexperienced guys who are, are kind of playing and fouling a lot, too. Adam Bona is the other one who is battling injury. There is some optimism he could be back. And I guess the nice thing for UCLA as well is that even in a two fifteen matchup, you probably don't need Bona given the way that you do play defensively. And I know we laid out a bunch of 215 upsets that have happened as of late. I don't think UCLA is a team that's vulnerable for something like that. Yeah, I agree. And we mentioned in the first hour, they are experienced. They have yes. guys on this team who have been to a Final Four. And they have a coach in Mick Cronin who's been to a Final Four. One of the better coaches for me, one of the best coaches in the country in Mick Cronin. I, I'm not ready to count them out entirely. It's just a brutal turn of events to not have Jalen Clark for the for the NCAA tournament. I looked at this UCLA team too, and part of what makes them great defensively is that their stars play defense, right? Like yeah. Jaime Jaquez plays defense. He's an all yeah. Pac-12 defensive uh, team guy. Um, but in a year two, like I look for a couple of things on your resume when I'm evaluating you as a potential title contender. How good's your head coach? How good's your point guard? Do you have a star? And do you have a couple of 
roll pieces that that fit you well. And I think UCLA checks all of those boxes for me. They have a fantastic coach. They have a fantastic point guard in Tiger Campbell who's been to a Final Four before. They have a star in Jaime Jaquez. And the guy who's been most impressive to me lately, Amari Bailey as a freshman. And for those who don't know who Amari Bailey is, he's the guy who Drake took his mom to Dodger Stadium on a date, rented out Dodger Stadium, and they ate dinner along the first baseline. So you know he's been getting chirped for for that all season long. But in the, the Pac-12 tournament, he's played fantastic, especially with some of these injuries that have come to the surface as well. 26 in the game against Colorado. He was great last night. He had 19 points last night, got a couple of big buckets down the stretch. He plays some solid defense, too. I really like the the prospects of this UCLA team because they've kind of picked up the pieces. Well, that's the most important thing. We talk about how important guard play is. Having somebody like Tiger Campbell who... If you watched the tournament in the last few years, you're going to know the name Tiger Campbell. You're going to instantly recognize him, even if you haven't watched college basketball since. Having a guard like that who can lead the way as a senior, that tends to be the most important thing come tournament time. So UCLA, even without Jalen Clark, still has that. Quickly before we Mm -hmm. go to break, is Purdue win or lose a one seed? Part of the issue, and I brought this up, is that the Big Ten tournament plays their game two and a half hours before the brackets come out. I have a hard time believing there's going to be massive shifting based on what Purdue does in in the Big Ten title game. I Yes, I would agree with you, Lart. Although I will say, UCLA losing by two to Arizona, who's probably going to be a two seed in this tournament, losing by two to them in your conference championship is way different than losing to Penn State, who entered the conference tournament as a 10 seed and used this run to play themselves into the tournament, right? And I think you look at, at the start of the conference tournaments, I think UCLA had the inside track as well at that uh, at that one seed over Purdue. I, I like the resume of UCLA a lot more than I, I like the resume of Purdue, especially as of late as well. That's fair. So, all right, Tyler Rocky, Shane Norling, this is Basketball U. We will be right back here on ESPN 1000. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. is Basketball U. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago on FM 100.3 HD2. The ESPN Chicago app and ESPN 1000. Sunday here on ESPN 1000. Basketball you, Tyler Rocky, and Shane Norling. We're with you every single Sunday throughout the tournament. And you know Shay Norling from Cap'n J. Hood, executive producer. And he loves to tell you about all the dead teams walking. Bring out your dead! Bring out your dead! All right, so we have compiled a list, each of us, of our dead teams walking for this upcoming NCAA tournament. Teams that you just should not look at as A, advancing far in the tournament, or or B, maybe a trendy pick 
that you are kind of going against for? When you're filling out your brackets later this afternoon and throughout the rest of this week, brackets plural, by the way, we'll get into that in a little bit. When you're filling those out, these are the teams that when you look in the first round and certainly when you're looking at advancing teams to the second weekend, Mm -hmm. don't count on these to go forward. Do not, under any circumstances, when you are filling out your bracket, put a dead team walking into the second weekend. Yes. Shall we get started? Let's go. All right. Who is your first dead team walk-in? Bring out your name! My Michigan State Spartans are the top dead team walking. If there's one team in this tournament that under no circumstance do you advance to the second weekend, it is my Michigan State Spartans. Not only do they have the idiotic moment of the year, not fouling up three, blowing a 13-point lead at Iowa in a minute and 30 seconds and losing that game, they also have a coach in Tom Izzo, who is a legend, but over the last three seasons is 500 in his conference and hasn't advanced to the second weekend since, I believe, 2019. He's done it once in seven seasons. He's not exactly been doing his best work. Then you have the Big Ten Tournament, where we both <laughs> foolishly thought, wow, this, look at they've got decent guard play. Maybe they put things together. January, February, Izzo. What a joke that is, because they didn't even get off the bus, Tyler. <laughs> Ohio so, State, it was 51-39. The game wasn't even competitive. It was a blowout to a team in Ohio State that was 2-13 and over the last 15 games. I, I had the pleasure of watching that game with you. And I started logging some of the phrases that you used during that Michigan State game. Uh, here are some of the hits here. Um, Michigan State should decline the NCAA tournament invite. That was one that stuck out to me. They should. Um, next was, if they lose this game, you're going to see me at my worst. <laughs> I did. Um, and then lastly, the best. this was my favorite line of the day. This Michigan State. Final horn sounds maybe 20 minutes after the Bears trade the number one pick for to the Carolina Panthers. Literally as Tom Izzo sits down to fart mm-hmm. in the chair at the podium, <laughs> the Bears trade the pick. And Shea goes, thank God the Bears traded the pick so I don't have to go listen to this clown. <laughs> line, I mean, line seriously, of the weekend for it me. would have been... 15 steps for me to go over and listen to the coach of my team give the breakdown on a pathetic loss in the Big Ten tournament, and I was thanking every god there is. Whatever god you pray to, I was thanking it that I didn't have to walk those 15 steps to listen to his dribble because the Bears traded the number one pick. Yep. Bless the shield. Bring out your name! All right, my first dead team walk-in, I'm going to go with the Tennessee Volunteers. They're a team right now that is pegged as a four seed. Would not shock me if they get the wrong uh, 13 seed matchup there that they could go down in the first round. Rick Barnes, notoriously atrocious coach in March. Uh, an early exit in the SEC tournament as well after they lost to Mizzou. And they also lost their point guard. This is the worst possible time to lose your point guard. Right before March, you see Zakai Ziegler being wheeled around. I showed you a video. They're using him like it's a um, one of those like moving bins in uh, your college dorm. Like anyone ever race down the hallway with those things? Like the shopping cart races right, in yeah. Jackass. That's what that's what they're doing with this guy in his wheel in his <laughs> wheeler right now. What are we doing? So, Tennessee, you lost your point guard at the most inopportune time. You are a dead team walking right now. 
Bring out your name. Respect to Chris Collins. You put together a wonderful season. It's the greatest in school history. What a job by Chicago's Big Ten team, Northwestern. Right until they vomited on themselves in Chicago at the Big Ten tournament. Their second loss in three games to Penn State. Their fifth loss in six games. They they are fourth loss in five games. That's actually even worse. This is a team, yeah, you had a nice little run. You knocked off Purdue. You got the first win over a number one ranked team in the history of the program. And then guess what happens? You go and limp into the tournament. This is Look, I get it's a heartbreaker losing in overtime the way that they lost to Penn State. They shouldn't have won that game. We had it on. I went back and watched parts of it. They had no business being in that game and winning that game. Now it's at a point where you're going to go into the NCAA. I'm sorry to say it, Northwestern. You are a dead team walking. Bring out your name. My next team, I'm going to go with St. Mary's out of the WCC. You know, they put together a a nice, cute little season this year. They're currently ranked 11th in the net. They've been ranked ahead of Gonzaga pretty much the entirety of the season in the net rankings. And then Gonzaga goes out and whoops the hell out of them in the WCC championship game. So much so that, that FanDuel paid out my bet early. They paid it out with like three minutes to go. (laughs) <laughs> in the game, they were up so big. That's fantastic. Um, but yeah, so th- this is a this is a St. Mary's team that this season twenty five and seven. All right, but you look at what they've done in quad one opportunities this year: two and three. They have a pair of quad three losses right now, um, and they're ranked eleventh in the net. They've been top ten in the net almost the entirety of the year. The next team that you find in the net rankings with a pair of of quad three losses is Xavier. They're ranked 22nd and play in a much better conference than St. Mary's. So the Gales always a, a trendy pick, I feel like. People like picking them. They're usually doing the upsetting as opposed to being upset. They're pegged right now as a six seed, according to Bracket Matrix right now, which is just a compilation of 105 bracketologists, and and that's where St. Mary's shakes out right now as a six seed, one of the last six seeds. But you're a dead team walking, and you have been all season long. Bring out your name! Let's go to the Big East, Tyler, where I offer you a team you just mentioned, Xavier, led by America's sweatiest coach, (laughs) Sean Miller, a guy who could sweat his way out of a phone booth. Xavier's got to do a little more to impress me. Look, I get they play in a bear of a conference in the Big East. You already mentioned the quad three losses. How about a struggle and a miracle comeback needed to beat DePaul, a team that rests outside of the top 125 in America, a team that if you've paid any attention to basketball in the city of Chicago has been no good all season. One of the worst teams kind of the the free space in the Big East. You mm-hmm. gotta do better than needing a second half late surge come back against the ball and then getting murdered by Marquette to get out of the conference tournament. Xavier, to me, out of the Big East dead team walk. Bring out your name! All right, this next team I'm not gonna give as a team that can't make it to the second weekend. I'm just proceeding with a little bit of caution here. And that is the Baylor Bears. Losers of four of six to close the season, one and done in the Big 12 tournament. 
If they had a hot stretch in the middle of the season, in January into the middle of February, but they have closed out with some some difficult losses. They got blown out at home by Iowa State. They then go and lose to Iowa State five days later in the, the Big 12 tournament by six points there in a game where they were never really in command of at any stretch of, of that game. They also lost to Kansas and Kansas State on the road, but Baylor limping into the tournament right now, I wouldn't be surprised if they made the second weekend, but it's a team that I had a lot of confidence in. And now that we have hit March, I'm a little more hesitant because I thought they were a team that could get to the final four this season. According to Bracket Matrix right now, Baylor is currently a two seed. So one of the last two seeds wouldn't surprise me if they lost to a seven or 10. And I don't think that they could beat a, a good three seed. Maybe they, they draw like a Gonzaga in a, a two, three matchup in the sweet 16 there. I don't like the way Baylor has played as of late. So Baylor dead team walk in. Bring out Jaden. This next team I have meets the most important qualifier that two of my dead team walkings already met. Are you in the Big Ten? Yes. yes. That's the case for Iowa. It's a flowchart thing, right? Like, we, we, when we talk about dead teams walking, like, there's a bunch of criteria we go, all right? What conference do you play in? Big Ten. The flowchart says? Yes. Dead team walking. <laughs> Iowa meets the standard because, look, you had a very impressive win on the road over Indiana. You had the big comeback, 13, uh, 23 points in a minute, 30 seconds to win at home against Michigan State. But lumped in there is a loss to Northwestern, a loss to a nasty, bad Wisconsin team that dropped six uh, losses on their own home court to end the season. You have a loss to another very bad Nebraska team, and then you go into the tournament and you get beat badly by Ohio State in a game that wasn't as close as the 73-69 final would suggest. Mm -hmm. Iowa, unfortunately, you are a dead team walking. Bring out Jaden! Real quick, I just want to go through all the projected Big Ten teams uh, that are getting into the, the tournament here. How many do you think are our second weekend teams? All right, I'll, I'll just run down the list and, and just quick gut reaction. Purdue, second weekend team. Yes. I I would lean yes with you, but I would not be shocked They're, if they lost to... I think to, they'll get two easier matchups. The set, whatever their second matchup is, that's going to be the tough one. Yeah. Um, Indiana. Yes. Northwestern. No. Dead Mi team walking. Michigan State. Dead team walking. I've agreed with you on all of these so far. Um, Maryland. Dead team walking. I, I agree with you there. Um, Iowa. Dead team walking. Illinois. Dead team walking. Penn State. Yes. Penn State, I think, can get to the second weekend. Um, and then Rutgers. Dead team walking. See, so we, there's projected to be nine Big Ten teams, and we think three have a chance to get to the second weekend. I think ultimately we'll only see two. One of those three that we laid out, either Indiana, Purdue, or Penn State, we could see bow out early. I think we could only see one. You and I talked yesterday at the conference tournament. Mm -hmm. Maybe Penn State is the team that goes to the second weekend just because they have the experienced guard who's really talented that can get you through a tourney game when you need a bucket. Yeah, they have the best guard in the conference, and I don't even think it's really that close. Like, Boo Booey is, is there, too. He's he's also a, a good guard, and maybe Northwestern's backcourt can carry them past a game, but I, I wouldn't bet on it. I, I certainly uh, would not feel comfortable with any of that. All right, we're going to have our brackets later today, but the question to you the listener, 312-332-3776. How many are you allowed to fill out? Do you max out on your tournament challenge and do all 10? Or 
Are you a one bracket loyalty guy, or do you sprinkle somewhere in the middle? I want to hear. I've heard your answer, and we'll spar on why I think you're wrong. All right, we'll do that coming up next. And if you want to let us know how many brackets is it acceptable to fill out, three one two three three two three seven seven six. Selection Sunday basketball. You Tyler Rocky and Shane Norling with you on ESPN one thousand. ESPN Chicago on FM 100.3 HD2, the ESPN Chicago app, and ESPN 1000. This is Basketball U. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago on FM 100.3 HD2, the ESPN Chicago app, and ESPN 1000. Shane Norling with you every single Sunday during the NCAA tournament, talking all things college basketball here on Basketball U on ESPN 1000. All right, we're going to have a bracket later on today, one of the best days of the year for college basketball fans because we get to start clicking buttons, right? Moving teams, all right? Advancing them. Who are the final four teams? All that good stuff, right? Well, you and I, we just found out about an hour ago, we've got a disagreement on something. How many brackets... Are you allowed to fill out as a a fan of the sport? So you are of the belief that you can fill out how many brackets? I'm of the belief that you can fill out as many brackets as you want. I don't care how many you fill out. I fill out multiple. Now, here's the deal. I have a caveat in the way that I fill out multiple. The tournament challenge, the ESPN thing, Mm -hmm. you might as well fill out all 10. On the off chance... What, are you trying to win a car? Dude, why not? (laughs) On the off chance that you fill out one that goes the distance... You're doing it to try to win an Acura or something? (laughs) What is wrong with you? I want the Warren Buffett money. So I'm going to fill out his... Now, here's the deal. There are also the brackets. I'm in like three or four pools that I pay mm-hmm. to be in every right. year. These are paid pools where I'll do, I'll make tweaks and adjustments to each of them. They'll be different in each pool, but I'm only getting one entry in each of these. When I pay to be in somebody's pool, I make one bracket that I pay for. But when I'm doing the tournament challenge, what I'm saying is it sounds to me like you won't even do multiple pools. No, I'll do multiple pulls. I just I just enter the same bracket. It's all one bracket. All one, yeah. You got to give yourself more chances. No, 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 no. Because okay, here's what here. Okay, this is a PSA now that Shane Norling is about to be the most annoying person in the office for the next three weeks. That's true. Because he's gonna. I have gonna one see, bracket with a perfect final four. My other one, I got destroyed. Oh, but 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 I had it in my other bracket. Like. um your your main bracket's gonna have something, and then FAU's gonna gonna upset someone in the first round, and you'll be peacocking around the office like, I had that one in my my other bracket. Like that's gonna be you for the next three weeks. All right, so here we have to settle something. Then you and I. I know you do your fridge bracket. Do mm-hmm. I have to also do a fridge a bracket? Counter a rival fridge bracket. And then office rules. The only bracket I'm allowed to talk about in the office is the fridge bracket. I can't bring up anything unrelated. It has to be that one. All of the other pools that I'm in, if I made any different ones, I am not allowed to speak on them. Okay, uh, we can we can have, I'll allow dueling uh, dueling fridge brackets. We can put yours, or we can put one on on the the freezer on the top part, and then one on the fridge on the bottom part. All right, all right, that's a deal. So we will we will do that. Um, uh, but you have to update it every single day. You take the highlighter and you highlight 
in green for right and in pink slash red for, for wrong. All right. But we have to update it. But I am a one bracket guy because what, what are your thoughts change on a matchup? Like, what, what, no, like just stick to your guns and fill out one bracket. It's the part of the beauty of filling out the bracket is the tossing and turning of going back and forth on a meaningless seven ten matchup. Who's about to get blasted in the second round by a two seed. I think it for the most part, though, I stick with my guns in terms of like the 12 seed that I think can win and the 12 seeds that will lose. I mm-hmm. stick to my guns when I'm taking upsets. But we talk about there's five or six teams that could win the tournament. I might have three or four brackets with a different champion. Oh, my God. Is, okay, that's the worst. So why that is that is the so worst? Bad. You can't change your champion. I'm giving myself better chances at winning the pool. You're Maybe unbelievable. I think Houston can win, and I think Kansas can win. Maybe I have one pool where I have Kansas and one where I have Houston. You are unbelievable. I don't want all of my chances. I want more bites at the apple. I don't want all of my chances to die at the same time. What? That's ridiculous. But that's the beauty of it. I'm setting my myself up for success it's the entertainment of it it's not uh, oh all right let's crunch the numbers and maximize our money here that's not what we're trying to do here why not what, why like, should i not be trying no, to maximize no, 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 my no. money it's part of the fun it's part of the fun of filling it out and by the way a little like filling out your bracket tip as well don't stress so much about the first round games right you should be stressing about your final four and your champion those are the valuable because picks if you get your champion right in a bracket pool, it's the same amount of points as if you got every single first round game right. So just keep that in mind when you're filling out your bracket. You don't need to to stress out about these first round games as much. If you, what I do, if I don't have a, a gut pull right away, I, I move on to the next game and I go back. It's like I'm taking a test, right? You don't know a multiple choice question. All right, I'm going to skip it and I'll go back to it and hope I didn't uh, mark the Scantron wrong and have everything <laughs> off by one. Um, but yeah, no, this is the, the, it's part of the beauty of this. But we want to know from you as well. 312-332-3776. How many brackets is it acceptable to fill out when you are doing March Madness? 312-332-3776. Shea is team multiple. I'm team solo. You get one crack at it. I want to read this from our Twitch chat, Schlub73. Tyler is a bracket snob. I am. You are. I'll own up to it. You're the most annoying person no, right I'm now. Not. You're the most... What is I'm wrong with annoying- me trying to maximize my bracket pools? There's the no most- problem here. I'm the most annoying person now. You're going to be the most annoying person for three weeks. I'm going to be richest. How about no, that? Maybe because not. I'll win one of my pools. Or maybe you. that ammo is all for nothing as well. Nick is in Indiana. What's up, Nick? Hello, gentlemen. What's going on? Oh, not much. Uh, I, I just wanted to weigh in on this bracket thing. I usually fill out two, maybe three brackets. But the biggest thing is that I do one where I pick the teams that I think will win and one where I pick the teams that I want to win. And if I do any others, it's because I get invited to, like, uh, some random bracket pool in a different, you know, like I have the ESPN one and then somebody invites me to another one. And I don't necessarily remember exactly what I picked out, and I just end up picking somebody new. But it's not like it's – something intentional it's where yeah i might pick a different 10 seed for some reason in the first round but my final four is usually basically the same uh in that case but yeah i'll have one where i have like purdue or michigan or somebody winning it all even though yeah i know they're not going to go that far but uh then i get the ones where like 
you know, I, I'm going to pick who I think is actually going to be my final four and going to win. The closest I got was when I had Butler beating Duke. Uh, what was that? 2011. Uh, mm-hmm. I had three of the final four that year, and I came really close to winning, you know, it all there. But yeah, no, that, that's so. a that's a good one there. Appreciate it, Nick. If you've got a thought as well, three one two three three two three seven seven six. The rooting bracket is something I've never heard of. I, I've never, and I w- wouldn't participate in it either. I've also got very little rooting interest in this year's tournament as well. Um, well, yeah, no Syracuse. This is my mom does the rooting bracket because she doesn't watch college basketball at all, mm-hmm. but she likes to do the bracket as people do. And every single year, no matter what, she puts Michigan State through to the championship. You know what I love? I love when you're in pools where the, there is a there's a clear fan base within the pool, right? Like if you're in a, a group with a bunch of Kansas fans, all you got to do is fade Kansas because they're all putting <laughs> yeah. Kansas through. Yep. Or right. like uh, two years ago, everybody had Gonzaga. Just don't pick Gonzaga. If mm-hmm. you pick Baylor, you probably won your pool. Yeah, you did. And, and winning the championship, it's almost impossible to win your pool without picking the correct champion. So if you're going to stress about something, stress about the champion when, when you're picking your March Madness brackets. Um, you had a little run-in with Jim Nance yesterday. I did. This is one of our Big Ten observations we didn't have time for. We'll get to that when we come back. Tyler Rocky and Shay Norling, this is Basketball U. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. This is Basketball U. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago on FM 100.3 HD2, the ESPN Chicago app, and ESPN 1000. Kendra Smith for producing today's show of Basketball U. Shay and I will be back with you every single Sunday throughout the NCAA tournament, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. right here on ESPN 1000. Kendra, by the way, are you a one-bracket person or are you a multiple-bracket person? What is your stance on, on how many brackets you're allowed to fill out? I am definitely a multiple-bracket person. Multiple That's bracket. right. I'm right. the minority like, in the room. But like the caller said, like the caller that we're going to maybe get mm-hmm. to, I think that your it's your first record you fill out is really how is really where your heart is. All right, let's get to Paulie and Mount Prospect. He's got a thought here on how many brackets you can fill out. What's up, Paulie? Hey guys, uh, yeah, I wanted to weigh in on uh, both both points. I think uh, Shay is one hundred percent right. You're allowed to fill out as many brackets as you want. I think if you want to do a legit competition, I think you you guys are putting the brackets on the fridge and saying, okay, here's my real uh, feeling for everything is legit, and I think that's a good way to do it. I also wanted to point out, though, to Tyler's point earlier, too, of focusing on the champion. Um, I had a great bracket in 2007. This is just a six-person pool. I literally had 54 out of 63 picks correct. Wow. But but uh, but then I had um, Georgetown versus UCLA in the finals. Mm. But then somebody else won it because (laughs) – because I, I, I completely whiffed on the finals. So, like, like to your point, though, Tyler, like those those final games are the ones that matter. And I, right. like I, said, I looked at my bracket. I was just like, how did I, how did I have this many picks right? And I whiffed <laughs> on the finals and just yeah. didn't, didn't quite close out. So that was like I said. I think you guys are both on point with uh, some of your takes on it. So, so you love, got love the show though, you got burned by Billy Donovan before. Is what you're trying to say? Well, well my, my thinking was going in. I'm like, well, there's no way Florida is going to repeat. Nobody's repeated since Duke. Right. I'm just like, all right, this this seems like an absurd uh, proposition. But then, of course, as you know, they they go and repeat. So then it just kind of 
completely lost my bracket. So yeah. We figured I'd share that with you guys. Appreciate it, Paulie. And thanks, and thanks Paulie. for the call. 312-332-3776 if you got a thought on the brackets. I've also been burned by Georgetown. Do you remember? I can't remember who they lost to when they were the two seed. They Gulf lost Coast. FGCU. City, yeah. I had Georgetown winning it all. I took my oh, bracket. No. This was when I was in college, and we did the one bracket for the, the dorms, and mm-hmm. we all put them on the wall. I took mine. Wait, 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 I lit wait, wait, it on fire on, on, in the on. hallway. You hung your brackets on your dorm room? Yeah, rooms? it was it was special. What the hell? It was, hell a, it was a special here. time. <laughs> That's great. That's fantastic. I'm sure that did well for you in college. Well, it did when I lit it on fire in the middle of the, the hall. you were the only one that didn't have a bracket on your dorm <laughs> yeah. anymore. Yeah, right. All right. That's what happens when you pick Georgetown. Um, all right. So you had a little run-in with, with Jim Nance yesterday, right? So halftime yesterday of the second game, uh, Houston was on, and he, Jim Nance, obviously a Houston guy, was in apparently in the green room uh, at the arena watching the Houston game. Mm-hmm. And he came back out probably three minutes before the second half started, and he's walking out getting ready to sit down and do the second half of the game. And his producer is sitting right next to us. And he goes, hey, Jim, how's your team doing? And and Jim goes, oh, Houston, they're winning, but our best player got hurt. That was Marcus Sasser, who had a groin injury, left the game. And he's a little nervous. He goes, our best player got hurt. So I look up and I say, you and I were sitting there. You were mm-hmm. uh, off the to the bathroom. Yeah. We have the iPad on the table with the Houston game on. And I go, yeah, we're watching it right here. So Jim Nance looks down at me and he goes... How was the injury? Did it look bad? I said it was non-contact. It looked like he rolled over his ankle. Jim Nance goes, well, now they're saying it's a groin, but I need to know. Did it look bad? I go, like I said, non-contact. Didn't look good. He goes, what do you think this does? I go, dead team walking. (laughs) Bring out your You brought... Dead team Dead walking. Dead team walking to the buttoned-up Jim Nance. You brought your shenanigans to Jim Nance. <laughs> With the CBS eye on the shirt pocket. Oh, my goodness. James Nance Houston is a dead team walking without Marcus Sasser. Bring out your name. All right, so we had some other observations as well from Jim Nance, too. Because um, we were sitting right behind him yesterday, right next to his producers. And that man deleted more T's. Then I have seen, like, <laughs> we sat down and his producer is right next to me and you see this mess of stuff in front right. of the guy. And I'm like, how many T's does one guy need? Because I thought it was all for the producer at first. There's right. five cups in front of him, all filled with tea. There's a bunch of bags. If you go back into the hospitality area, they have a, a popcorn machine and you can fill these little bags of popcorn, mm-hmm. take them out to the to the tables so he's got like five bags of popcorn he's got five teas and then we find out they're all for jim nance the best was nance turning around doesn't say anything just gives the producer a look and the guy hands him another tea <laughs> yes it was like clockwork <laughs> i don't know if ian eagle's gonna get that luxury when he takes over for the final four next year but jim nance has a tea guy he, he has a guy, and he probably put down like 15 of them over the course of the two games that we were there it was impressive and by the way only went to the bathroom in between games and at halftime. Yeah. So Iron Bladder Jim Nance. He's a pro. Him. He's a pro, man. He's been around the block. He was taking down bags of pistachios in game every break. Jim Nance, the consummate professional. We have in the Twitch chat, and I agree with this. I told you this from 821 Schizoid Man. I told you when he's asking me about Marcus Sasser, in hindsight, I wish I had just gone, Ooh, I don't know, Jim. I don't know. <laughs> We have to find out. If we're sitting in the same spot, we have to find out if he hates Tony Romo. 
Yeah, we do. We we do. We'll do a little uh, investigative uh, digging, if you will. We'll, we'll we'll get to the bottom of that. But Jim Nance, he's one of us, man. Just deletes tea and, and popcorn with the he's best of us. He's just like me. <laughs> one of us. One of us. It's, it's straight out of Wolf of Wall Street. It's fantastic. He's an us. How about it? Yeah. I would have never thought that the guy that you see doing the Super Bowl, the guy that you see doing the Masters, and, and ultimately the Final Four, like he's just like you and I. Loves himself some popcorn. And, and I mean, he was housing that stuff, too. Absolutely housing the popcorn. Oh, yeah. He and, was getting rid of it quick. Yeah. It, and like there's Grant Hill next to him and Bill Raftery like they didn't they didn't eat anything they maybe had like a little bit of water but that was it like Jim is just mowing through stuff good for him <laughs> yeah what are you gonna do good Listen, on him he's earned it he's oh, yes. earned the ability to sit there and crush pistachios and popcorn and tea he's earned that right Yes, absolutely. All right, that is going to do it for us here on Basketball U today. We will be back next weekend, every Sunday throughout the NCAA tournament, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. right here on ESPN 1000. And don't forget, Monday we've got ourselves a Bears Bonanza as well, starting at 5 a.m. Cap and Jay Hood are hitting the air to talk a little bit about a, a big trade that may have happened, one that we were certainly taken aback by while we were at the, the Big Ten tournament this week. So Cap and Hood starting at 5 a.m. on Monday morning, 5 to 9, followed by Bleck and Abdallah from 9 to 11, Carmen and Yurko 11 to 2, Waddle and Sylvie 2 to 6, and myself and Jeff Meller from 6 to 8. So looking forward to talking Bears with you this week. And, of course, I'm, I'm sure there will be a sprinkling of NCAA tournament talk as well. There certainly will be NCAA tournament talk next weekend 11 to 1 right here on espm 1000 appreciate you all jumping in and participating we will talk to you guys next week this is chicago's home for sports espn chicago